your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And on today's show, we will be discussing Eric Johnson potentially being okay, waiving his no-movement clause. Uh, We will be talking about kind of the questions, and we'll do this over the course of the week, kind of the big questions looming over the Avalanche and their offseason. So we'll be talking about today, uh, Gabe Landeskog, and I didn't think I'd be talking about Sam Girard, but... His name's being thrown out there, and maybe it's just some social media fodder for the you know reasons why he's being talked about. But uh, I kind of feel like I have to talk about him now and defend the honor of Sam Gerrard right now. So first things first, follow the show. Social media outlets, Twitter, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche, Locked on Avalanche on Instagram and send questions, comments, concerns, and your opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. We also didn't do a locker room last week. Uh, I had other things that I had to do for the show last week, kind of of took precedent over that. Um, And with the game being on Thursday and getting over late, it wasn't a good time to do a locker room, but we should be returning to that this week for all the people that enjoy doing those, which they're a ton of fun. So, um, but we'll start with Eric Johnson came down, um, in the afternoon sometime. Um, I know a couple people were reporting on it that they have heard that he is willing to waive his no movement clause. And for, uh, people that, don't know how this works when it comes to the Seattle Kraken draft and the players that teams have to freeze. If you have a player on your team that has a no movement clause, you automatically have to freeze them. So for Eric Johnson, he has one. And unless that player waives that clause, uh, the avalanche would have had to freeze Eric Johnson and that wouldn't have been good because now that's that's limiting you. You know that's one roster spot that you are freezing, and it's for a guy who is, as far as age goes, on the you know downside of his career, obviously, but also taking up six million dollars in cap space. That actually probably helps the Avalanche because Seattle is is not going to take uh, a aged defenseman who is coming off a injury that's kept him out the entire season making six million dollars against the cap and that that's just not going to happen i think the avalanche know that i think eric johnson knows that and i think the seattle cracking know, know that so um it, it has not been official yet but uh, i think it just makes sense it makes sense for everybody and i think this shows not only that eric johnson knows He's probably safe from being picked, uh, but you know he gets to most likely remain with Colorado. They might have to restructure that deal because I don't think the Avalanche want to pay $6 million to a 36-year-old defenseman who didn't play last year either. So that's a lot of cap space that he's taken up, and the Avs don't have a lot of it this offseason. 
And, you know, they need, they, wherever they can pinch pennies, they're going to have to do it because they have some big names that they need signed. Uh, one of them we'll talk about, Gabe Landeskog. Another one is Kale McCarr. Another one is Philip Grubauer. So they need to save money wherever they can. And doing it with uh, Eric Johnson, maybe restructuring, uh, if he's willing to do that. I mean, if he's willing to waive his no movement clause, number one, that just shows you what kind of a, a team guy he is. Uh, you know, he, he knows he, he he knows he's cashing in right now. That's a lot of money for, for someone his age, uh, you know, who's who's often injured the past couple of years. So I think it's a it's a good move. It's a, a smart move by everybody. Uh, again, has not been made official yet. I don't I, I don't know if that's something that they can announce. I don't know if that's something that they have to wait till the season is over before they can officially do it, or if it's something that it doesn't matter, they can just announce it. They might be able to do that. I, I don't know. But uh, whenever it does get announced, uh, we'll obviously talk about it on here. But I think I think it's it's you know smart for everybody, and I think the Avalanche, and I know Avalanche fans would love to have Eric Johnson back. He's great in the locker room. Uh, he's a great teammate. You know, he's a fun guy, and and I think he's a good player. He's a good player for this team. He's a good defenseman. He's not your offensive defenseman like you know like, like Kale McCarr is or anything like that. And he's never been that way. Uh, but he was having really good training camps the past two years. Well, I say the training camp going into this season, and then that very short training camp going into bubble hockey uh so he he was starting to i don't know maybe find some new gear in his older age i'm not gonna say old age because i'm older than him but um do the avalanche want to keep him around that that's the other question because he is you know i almost guarantee i don't have the uh roster with the ages in front of me almost guaranteed he's the oldest guy on the on the, on the team at 36, I believe he is. So the Avs like youth, and they have a lot of it, and they also have a lot of defensemen that are are waiting, you know, and and some of them really aren't waiting in your Bo Byrams. So this is just another player that is going to make this offseason for the Avalanche so interesting. I think step one was doing this whenever it gets official, obviously, and him waving his claws. And then step two is is having a sit down with him and saying like, "Look, we can't pay you six million if you're not going to play." <laughs> if you, I know he wants to play. If you're going, you know, coming off of an injury, uh, that that's a lot of money. Uh, so this is where it begins, and uh, you know, we're getting talk of stuff like this and then you hear the whole Seth Jones thing I I try to tune that stuff out because and and I and I and I want to talk to other hosts and their fan bases because I just feel like whenever a big name becomes available it doesn't matter who I root for it seems like my teams that I root for are interested in that player and I'm just wondering if that's the case for like every fan base across every sport because you're hearing Seth Jones has interest in Colorado. Number one, why wouldn't he? I think every player 
if given the opportunity, would want to come to Colorado knowing that, you know, they have a good thing going there. They haven't been able to get over the hump, obviously, but uh, maybe they're the ones thinking I can come and help them, you know, progress past the second round. Maybe that's the thinking. Does Seth Jones want to come to Colorado? I don't know. And like I, like I just said, if you ask him that question, he would probably say, yeah, they're a good team. I don't know how that is possible because I don't think the, the Avs have that space. Uh, number one, it, w- would he fit in? Sure. You know, you would take a Seth Jones in a heartbeat. But you'd have to get him in a trade, and he's making $5.4 million. So if you're getting him, you know, that, that cap number for this year isn't terrible. But good luck trying to sign him to a long-term deal after that because he's not going to make anywhere near that. He is getting a, a hefty increase after next year. So I don't see that. I don't see the Avalanche bringing him in for, for one year, especially with the defense that they have and the defenders that they have as prospects waiting to come up that they can have on that roster for much cheaper. Would I like to have Seth Jones on the team? Sure, but I'm not going to give too much uh, credence to it because uh, I haven't heard that the Blue Jackets even want to trade him. And uh, I, I just I don't get too excited for the big names until they actually get there. So I guess we'll just kind of keep our ears to the train tracks for that one. But one guy I think we all want re-signed is Gabe Landeskog, and we will talk about him right after we hear from Credit Karma. And Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card. If you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back into your spend account. Credit Karma Money has Already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from your network of over 50,000 ATMs. So for June 8th to June 30th, when you make a purchase between those dates, you'll be automatically entered to win a million dollars. That's Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. That's creditkarmamoney.com slash win money to sign up for free and win instant karma. Instant karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. All right, Gabe Landeskog, he's our captain. You know him, you love him. He's a free agent. Uh, he's in that Seth Jones range, actually, for uh, what he is, uh, what he did make. Uh, 5.4, I believe he is. I can bring it up really quickly, but he's like 5.4, 5.7. Um and he, he's due for an increase. So what happens with that, though? Because with the flat cap, 
uh, again, he, he's a 5.5 actually, 5.57. With the flat cap, you you gotta you gotta get creative where you can. You have you maybe some players take team friendly deals knowing that. Uh, are you gonna see a lot of bridge contracts? to just get through the next couple of years and then cash in. But then you're for guys like Hale McCarr, that's a possibility, but now you're running the risk at the end of that bridge that now he's a uh, unrestricted and anybody can have Adam. So for Landeskog in particular, it gets interesting. 5.57. He's going to get bumped up from that. And in my opinion, he deserves that. He's, he's been at the time when he was named captain, he was the youngest captain in NHL history until uh, Connor, um, McDavid came along and he's been everything you want a captain to be for this franchise. And I think, you know, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he wants to stay. I don't think there's any doubt that the avalanche want him to stay. Uh, and this could be a thing where he gives the abs maybe a little bit of a home discount, uh, knowing the situation with the flat cap but also knowing that he is on a really good team. But if the Avs can make it work, if the Avs can make it work where they, they, you know, and they know what can and cannot work for them. Is Gabe Landeskog a $10 million a year player? No. I don't think he's far off, but I don't think he's a $10 million player. I don't think he's going to be demanding that, which would make him the highest uh, paid player on the team over Miko Rantanen, who's making 925 I don't even think Landeskog is a, a $9 million player. I, I think he, under normal circumstances, I think you would be giving Gabe Landeskog $8 million a year. And I would be okay with that. I, I, I love the guy. He fights for his players. And, and that Braden Shen fight uh, was not a surprise to me. You know, a lot of people were, were maybe surprised that he would do that. But if you watch this team... And you watch him like he he does. He's not afraid of anybody, and that's exactly what you want in a captain. So, I think you know being an all star, doing what he does with the community, being a a locker room friendly captain, um, he deserves it. But I don't think you can get to eight million dollars a year for him right now. I think you may have to go about a million dollars lower than that. So he'd be getting basically a $1.5 million a year increase. I think you're looking at $7 million a year. I don't know the term. I don't know how long it would be. Um, if they can get to $7 million, maybe it's a little bit longer. If he wants more than that, that might be where you have a short, short-term contract, maybe you know, a two- or three-year deal for $7 million. And then at the end of that, if we're past the flat cap, then you bump them up to eight. But I, I I don't see where he cashes. I don't see where anybody cashes in. Maybe with the exception of Kale McCarr. And that's another reason why you might not be able to throw Landeskog a little bit extra money. Because if anybody's going to soak up a lot of that money. and You just heard me go on about how much I love Gabe Landeskog. Kale McCarr is a generational player. And he's going to get paid right now. So is there a chance that they lose Landeskog? Anything is possible. And I know both of these guys want to come to terms. And I'm 99.9% sure that they will. 
unless things completely break down and the Avs say, you know, we can't give you any raise or something to that effect, which I don't see happening. Then Landeskog maybe says, uh, I'll take my talents elsewhere. But, and I wrote about this, the Ryan Clark inter- uh, not interview, uh, article he wrote for The Athletic, ever since he wrote that, uh, that is a possibility. And let me preface this by saying, I don't think this is going to happen. I think this is way too much of a risk for the Avalanche to do this. But it is a possibility. And I mentioned this before when Ryan wrote the article. But if you didn't listen to that and you're just listening now, I'll tell you what it is again. Like we were said in the first segment, the Avalanche need to freeze players for the draft. And there's two different combinations of what they can do with a combination of forwards, defensemen, and a goalie. They have to freeze a goalie. And then depending on which route they want to go, they can either freeze seven forwards or they can just freeze eight total skaters. It'd be seven, six, seven forwards and then three defensemen or eight total skaters and the goalie. And a lot of people think they're going to go with the three defensemen route. Uh, I do too. All because of this Vegas series. And if I even want to go back to the last segment, some people are saying the same thing about Landeskog because he didn't play the best in that series. But we are going to boil down if we should keep the captain of our team based on one playoff series. And they're doing the same with Sam Girard. And I just want people to know that Sam Girard is going absolutely nowhere. When we did the who should the Avs freeze for the Kraken draft at the beginning of the year, he was on it, and he has been on it the entire season. There's been guys that have been on it and come off of it, and you know, namely like Ryan Graves, Tyson Jost. Uh, there's names that come and go. I think uh, Nachuskin's another one. Uh, but Sam Girard is a guy that has been on it and will be on it when the time comes to when the Avalanche release that that list. I get that he didn't play the best and he seemed a little bit outmatched, overmanned, whatever phrase you want to use. That I that that doesn't mean you give up on one of the best young defenseman in the league. It's not a fluke that he was he was topping lists halfway through the season as a Norris Trophy winner. Topping them because what happened when Kale McCarr went down, he stepped it up. And that's not a fluke. That's not, you know, he he is a top tier defenseman. And not only that, you you just signed him. He is signed through 20 the 2026-2027 season. At five million per, that is that that's a steal. That is going to be considered similar to what the Avs did with the Nathan McKinnon deal right now, which is the greatest contract in sports. McKinnon still has two more years at six point three million dollars, but at the time, that's what his value was. When we're getting to the end of this Sam Gerrard contract, that is going to be the same discussion. I can't believe the Avalanche are paying this guy five million dollars. Because he deserves much more than that. If Seattle had the opportunity to take Sam Girard, they would be running to the podium. He would be their first selection off of the board. No questions asked. The Avalanche are not going to let that happen. Is he on the undersized 
spectrum? Yeah, he is. Does that mean he can't play against a team like Vegas? No, not at all. Because he's proven that he can. He's played against them how many times this season? And did just fine. He played just fine in the Lake Tahoe game. There were other games that we could point to where you know he, he was not a liability. I don't even think he was a liability in the the series that, you know, just happened in the playoffs. Just didn't play well. And sometimes when that happens, and I'm not making an excuse for the guy, but sometimes when that happens, you hear uh, after the season's over, a week, a couple weeks, even a month, that he had some ailment or something. I don't know if that's what happened with him. Uh, maybe it didn't. But it could have just come out flat out to where he didn't play well. He, he wasn't feeling it for whatever reason. Can he? Absolutely. Has he proven that? Yes, he has. He's a great puck handler. He's one of the best at zone exits. He has some offensive ability to him. He's not going to score goals at like a Kale McCarr clip, but he he is always involved in assists. You know, he's the he he's on the second unit for the power play, and him and Devon Taves worked excellent on the power play, on that second unit power play. So uh, I don't get where this you know this vitriol towards Sam Girard is coming from based on that one series. He can play in this league, and it's amazing to me that people think now all of a sudden we just we're going to move on from him and kind of throwing out, you know, maybe keeping Ryan Graves. And I, I hope the Avs keep Ryan Graves, but they're not going to freeze him. Not the way he plays. He was way too up and down this season to uh, be warranted a, a frozen spot for the Kraken draft. So Sam Gerard is going nowhere. Uh, the people who want him gone, I'm sorry. If you're one of those people, send me an email as to why you think that is. And it's it's not his size. He just didn't play well. There's other guys that didn't play well either. Nathan McKinnon didn't play that great. Are we getting rid of him? It's craziness. So, But I want to know. If you have a valid point, shoot me an email as to why you think Sam Girard does not deserve to be protected. And they are not trading him either. Let's move on from that. Uh, all right. That'll be it for today, everybody. We'll, we'll talk about a lot of these questions moving forward because there's a lot of them for the Avs. Um, that's what makes the offseason so interesting. So get a hold of me, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, or send the emails to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in. The offseason has begun. And let's see where it takes us. See you guys tomorrow. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go!